0: Welcome to Zen Parenting. This is Todd Adams. This is
1: Kathy Adams. I
0: don't have my guitar. Which is a bummer. That is a total bummer. Don't you whistle. Little ditty about Todd and Kathy. (laughs) Two American kids doing Zen Parenting.
1: (laughs) Wow, that's really good. We did
0: not get rights from John Cougar Mellencamp. Johnny Cougar. For that uh, little ditty. So I hope he doesn't sue us.
1: Yeah, it's not an original.
0: It is not an original, but I will bring my guitar next week because I know a lot of people have been asking me about it. So
1: How good you are.
0: How awesome I am. So uh, this is End Parenting uh, brought to you by Avid Company. Mm-hmm. Did you say who you were yet? Yeah. Who are you?
1: I'm Kathy Adams, and I got things to say.
0: You are a formless spirit. <laughs> um. All right. So we'll
1: explain that joke since you said it. No,
0: it's too long. It's too complicated. We only have 30 minutes. We'll have to tease him with well, that.
1: Well, it's a it's a little Eckhart Tolle humor. I don't know if anyone out there listens to Eckhart Tolle, but he just talks uh, about being formless. Uh, formless
0: spirit. spirit. So, it's uh whatever. Doesn't matter. Okay. Um <laughs> I want to start off the show and tell everybody what we're going to talk about. We're talking about feedback and criticism of this show. Of this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, I want to do a quick rewind to a few shows ago where we had an experience with Cameron. Uh, and without getting into all of it, because this, I don't want to waste too much time. Well, it was on this. where
1: we let her struggle. We it let was that her show.
0: struggle, and we created the space for her and and our coach. Um, Her name is Linda. She sent an email back, and I I just want to kind of summarize, and maybe you can help me summarize. Basically, she just thought how valuable that was to let her struggle instead of remove the struggle away from her. Mm -hmm. Because although this was something silly uh, as far as going into a a pool with her friends and – She didn't want to be left out, but we kind of let her get left out because she didn't want to do the big slides. So we let her struggle and get sad and all that. And And then
1: helped her process through the experience. And
0: supported her through that. And the one thing that Linda said that I remember in her email to me was how important that was because if you fast forward that experience 10 years down the road and all of a sudden Cameron's friends are doing something that does not feel right to Cameron, she might be able to use this experience Um, as part of her toolbox and how to deal with it and maybe have the The ability to say no, this isn't the best thing for me. So,
1: and that was wonderful feedback. And I think that that's something we need to remember when we're working with our younger children. Is sometimes we let things slide because we think, oh, just like you said, oh, it's not that big of a deal. She's at a you know a swimming pool, or we're at this uh, what's it called water park, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's no big deal. But the truth is, is that every experience our children have, we're building that, we're helping them build that toolbox or lack of toolbox, so they can have. the ability to manage issues when they're older. So a lot of times I say that to parents who are super lenient with their two or three-year-old or say, oh, it's not really a big deal. And I say, but these, you need to set a foundation for now. So 10 years from now, they do have something to pull from. So they do, you they you know, do respect you and they do listen to you because a lot of parents who use timeout or use some kind of more forceful type of, not that timeout is necessarily forceful, but it's something where you make them go sit somewhere or, you know, they're being removed from a situation. Well, when your child is 13, 14, 15, 16, they're not going to sit for a timeout. You know, you're going to need to have a different kind of communication with them. They're going to need to respect you, uh, the conversation that you guys that you have. And so, these kind of experiences, though they may seem small, they are you put them in place so later on they can draw on that experience. Well, and the
0: small things turn into. I mean, although this lesson was small for Cameron, but it could turn into something real huge. Absolutely. And, it's um so anyways, I just want to say it and then the other thing is I know that you don't like the word suffering, but you know, Cameron, depending on your definition of suffering, she suffered that night. She got sad, she had these negative feelings that we allowed her to have. And I guess the only thing I want to say is sometimes Suffering is a launching pad for growth. Oh,
1: I think it always is. So
0: I mean, it's not such a bad thing. Now we didn't create a situation. Once again, yeah, we we didn't
1: want we didn't make her it, suffer. Or it cause organically
0: kind of happened. But what we did was we support. So, anyways, I just wanted to uh, so refer back to to I forget what the name of that show was, but it was I think two, it was
1: Let Your Kids Struggle.
0: Right. So, yeah. um, if you're interested in that, go ahead and listen to that on our archive page. So, anyways,
1: so let's get into criticisms.
0: Okay, let's talk about. Uh, okay,
1: so the reason I want to talk about this is. My good friend Brian was over this weekend, and he said to me, he said he's listened to a few shows. Um, but he said, Kathy, you are discriminating against me because I am a single dad and you are not talking about single parents. You are just talking about you and Todd and your marriage and how you two manage it. And he says, I'm doing this, you know, when I'm with the kids, I'm on my own. And so I don't feel like I get as much from it. Right. And, you know, and he's kind of a smart aleck. So, you know, yes, we take I that. I can home. vouch for that. <laughs> but at the same time, I think his point is valid. And he's not the first person that has said something to me about, well, what if I'm not in a marriage that is similar to yours or what if I am a single parent or what if I'm in a different kind of relationship or I'm co-parenting or whatever it may be Um, and you know I think what Todd and I want to make clear is because it's the two of us talking here we can only draw from our personal experiences it's all we have it's all we have and we don't want to put all these disclaimers every week and say well if you're in this relationship or this relationship I don't think it would be a very authentic conversation but what I also believe to be true is the things that that Todd and I are talking about are universal in that if you can listen not so much to who we are and what our relationship is to each other, listen more to what we are doing to get along with each other, then you can still draw from our experience. And what I often try to say is, you know, we'll, Todd and I will talk about a way we communicate, and I'll always say, now you can use this to communicate with your children too. Like, for example, you know, listening to each other, respecting what each other has to say, allowing each other to be who we are, not expecting someone to be different than who they are. That's how Todd and I try and treat each other. But I also try and treat my girls that way. I listen to them. I respect who they are. I listen to, you know, I uh, don't expect them to be anything different than who they are. So the truth is, is even though I accept your criticism, Brian, and I am taking it to heart and we will be thoughtful about it, um, I also hope that you people can listen with an open mind and say, okay, let me take these tools and maybe I won't use them with my spouse.
0: But you can use it in your children or your mom or your aunt or your sister or your right. friend or anything else. I mean, uh, we tried our best to, you know, show that this really is not um, these are universal principles and it's something that you could pull from regardless of
1: what the relationship what the relationship
0: is, is. so and right. then the one segue I think that might work nicely into what you just said was um, one I don't I, criticism is kind of a harsh word, but we have friends and family that have we ask them for their honest opinion and some of them say, well, you know it's a parenting show but you know you you talk about parenting some of the time, but you seem to talk about your marriage. Um, as much as you talk about parenting or how
1: we relate to each other,
0: right? What's up with that? And I guess the only thing I would say to that is, and I've said it before, but I'll keep on saying it is the relationships in your life are with your children, they're just as important with the other people in your life and especially your significant other if you have a significant other in your family. And that is the foundation. I mean you can be the absolute best parent in the world and say the best things and model the best behaviors, but if you are not treating your significant others with the with that respect and modeling that, then the 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 foundation of the family The roots. The roots are not really digging in deep. So mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, I hear that a lot, like, oh, you, you sound like a marriage therapy show. <laughs> and, um, you know, I guess I'll accept that criticism, sure, sure. but it's, it's so, so important because a lot of parents just pour all their energy into being parents and not husband. And they forget and they the for-
1: root of the, the family. They mm-hmm. forget the you know, the relationship that needs to be built. And, you know, let's say you're even um, divorced, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's do this. You're divorced and you're co-parenting in a different way, you know, in two different homes. You still have to have some kind of relationship that your children can be present for Mm -hmm. and you have to have some kind of respect for each other. Even if you decide that you're not going to be married anymore, if you're fighting in front of your kids or being disrespectful to each other or talking poorly about each other, that's not good roots for the family either. Right. You know, I one thing that is so important for um, parents who are maybe divorced or, you know, not living together for whatever reason is that remember that your children are half you and half your partner. So if you talk poorly about your partner, your child knows that they are half of that person. Does right. this making sense, yeah, Todd? absolutely. And so you are in a roundabout way ridiculing the child because right. they not only carry half of that other person within them but they love that other person yeah. and so they carry the burden
0: and it's confusing it's
1: so confusing you know i can't i can't even imagine and so even if you're in a place where you know, you're not in a marriage that, you know, you're not in a marriage, you still have to be thoughtful about the adults in this children's life, in this child's life or your children's life. And, you know, this is so great, Todd. Remember how I couldn't come up with the other thing I was going to talk about? Right. I just remembered. What is it? The other thing is a lot of um, women have said to me, Okay, you talk about all these things on the show about how you and Todd get along. Well, I don't have a relationship like that. My husband will never do the things that Todd does, so this doesn't apply to me. And what I say back is, I understand if, right in this moment, you know what the relationship you're experiencing is is maybe not some, not the same as ours, or it's your husband's not exactly like Todd, nor should he be. Yeah, right? every, every every marriage has their own dynamic. Relationship dynamics. is different, right? Yeah. But If you do want things to change, somebody has to start, Mm -hmm. okay? Put
0: yourself out there. you
1: got to start. And so you can look at your husband or your significant other and say, well, they won't do this, they won't do that. But if you want something to occur, you need to take the first steps. If you want to be complimented, you need to compliment your significant other. Well,
0: and I'll give you a real-life example. In our marriage, uh, you were the first one to make a move to say, I need a coach, Yeah. And you met with Linda. Right. And you didn't say, Todd, I want you to meet with Linda with me. Right. You said, I'm going to her because I need some support. Right. Um,
1: And I didn't really even ask you to go. No, you didn't. I just said, this is something I need to do.
0: And it took me how long? Probably a year, maybe. I don't know how long it took. It took me a long time to say, okay, well, I guess I'll meet with this lady and see what's going on. So if you would have said, hey, I really need you to do this. I would have. It would have been much more difficult for me to do it because you created the space. You allowed me to do it. and You've done that so many times in our marriage. You know, Kathy and I have said that we read a lot of self help books and things like that. And my favorite author in the whole world is a guy named Eckhart Tolle. And you told me to read uh, a book that he wrote um, like three years before I actually picked it up. You said you should you should look into this guy and see if you like him. And I said no, I'm, I have no interest in that. And you let it go. You didn't say anything. Three years later, the book fell into my hands, Mm -hmm. and I read it, and it— It
1: It was that Oprah time, wasn't it? It
0: created some shifts in me that otherwise wouldn't happen. But if you would have—I use the term nag. Like, I hate the word nag. You don't nag, but I know that there's a lot of relationships out there where there's nagging involved.
1: Well, what is the definition of nagging again? I feel like we've talked about this, but it's worth the conversation. I don't know. It's
0: got more of a feeling than my ability to define it, but nagging is— Wanting somebody to do something when they say it's best for that person, but it's actually for them. You know right. what I mean? Oh
1: my. We were just talking about this in the parking lot when they do when they're expecting their partner to do something that they're not maybe doing. You got to
0: be willing to go uh, to put yourself out there, right? And um, so yeah, like the but I guess uh, I'm trying to create a real example. Like if the wife if the wife says, "Well, I I." go to this therapist, so he should, too. Right. Um, maybe he shouldn't. I don't know.
1: Well, and maybe that's not your job mm-hmm. to tell them what to do. And I think that's the point I'm trying to get to, is when I decided that I was going to head down my own spiritual path and and, and figure myself out a little more, that was what I wanted to do. And even though it's, I love that you're doing that also, right. originally in the first, what, four or five years of our marriage or maybe it was less than that but you weren't really interested in that and that was no, okay no i had no
0: interest in it because
1: that's really what i wanted to do and what you basically did and again this is something you've told me but you just kind of watched
0: i watched but what i didn't do is make well i may actually i did make you fun, made fun of you of me in the a beginning yeah you'd say you're feeling
1: more energetic because yeah, yeah. i would she, she was talk in, about energy she, yeah. a lot
0: and so I guess I, sh- I should claim that I didn't make fun of you probably because it scared me a little bit. Sure,
1: understandably. Um, but
0: for the most part, I didn't make fun of you. I just let you go down that path. But I at that time, I had no interest in going down that path. Right. And if you would have said, no, you need to do this. I don't know. It's I don't know if I would be sitting here where I am right. in the same position having the same awarenesses because well, you allowed me to walk through that door myself when right. it was my decision and not your decision.
1: Well, and on a, on a grander scale, you know, this quote that gets used all the time but is so important, the Gandhi quote, you know... Um,
0: Be the change you want to see. Be the change you
1: want to see in the world. It's true in any relationship, too. Let's put it on a more, that's a more macro level, a more micro level, is if you want something to change in your relationship, focus on yourself. Hmm. Change, figure out what's going on with you. Take responsibility for what you need. Don't look outside of yourself and say, this man or this woman isn't making me happy, it's their fault, you have to make yourself happy. You have to figure out what you need, and then the relationship can grow from there. And that sounds like a lot of work. Well, it is. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is if you are going to expect somebody else to bring you joy, if it be your significant other or your children, then you will always be disappointed inevitably because they can't. The Joy, you know, again, this gets cliche, but I don't care. Joy is innate. It's inside. It's not the things you're getting. It's not the things that people are saying to you. Those may help you for a little bit. They sure. may get you through a moment or a day. But the truth is is you've got to take care of yourself and and take responsibility for your behavior. and then what you and then when you start to feel better inside, that's what you end up putting out. What's mm-hmm. the uh, Wayne Dyer analogy about, you know the orange? you know squeezes like whatever you are is what comes out of you like if you have an orange and you squeeze it orange juice comes out if you have a person who's frustrated and frustrated angry and all the time and
0: yelling, frustration
1: then, and anger comes out right. you know if you have if you are a person that feels joy and and finds contentment in yourself that's what comes out to other people
0: well and uh, that's not to say that everybody needs to follow the same path that you have taken no, or that i all. have taken i think what we're trying to do is challenge the audience to find out what it is that makes them tick for you it was Going to see a coach and reading a million self-help books, right?
1: And becoming a therapist. And becoming a
0: therapist. I mean, and these are else. my
1: professional path was based on my internal needs too.
0: But that doesn't mean that somebody else's isn't completely different. I think what we're just trying to do is as have the awareness to. Fulfill yourself, and then that way everything else flows a little well, bit easier. Become
1: who you are. You mm-hmm. know, like you're not, you're not. You know, of course, I would never say do what exactly what we're doing because be- people listening aren't you and I, right. and nor should anyone ask us to be like them, right? right? But figure out who you are, and like Todd said, what makes you tick, and and go from there. Mm-hmm. Because if you're following someone else's pattern, that's you know, it's interesting because I do love self help books. There are some authors I really enjoy, but the kind of books I don't enjoy are books that tell me what to do Mm -hmm. books that say do this take this step do it for this long talk to this person that i i don't dig because Mm -hmm. that's basically someone else telling me to follow their path
0: well and because um we now have this radio show because i'm kind of a um i don't know i'm a right brain or left brain which brain am i
1: uh you know what i think i'm left brain your right brain i
0: don't know i'm the one that does calculations and math and things like that yeah and I've been listening to other parenting shows and some of them are really good but there's some others that it's just like a, like a super nanny thing. This is what you have to do. You have to do A and then B and then C and I just find myself bored with that. So the reason I bring that up as far as this show goes and I've said it before but I think it's important to say it again we want to go another few layers deeper than that to try to get to the core of it instead of a behavior modification uh, theory to you know become a better parent. It's really you need to dig a little bit deeper right. and you need to get you need to put yourself out there and take risks and feel uncomfortable because it's really that's the only thing that spurs growth is get into that uncomfortable zone and if that's me reading a book that i'm kind of scared of or me going to a coach that i don't really feel i remember that when we met with the coach the first thing i said to her was, was why do i need you why do i need you i don't need you because i have a family that i love i have a wife that i love and you are not necessary And respectfully, she said, well, I understand that, but there are times of crisis in every person's life. And you, when you're in crisis, you don't have time to work on yourself. Or
1: space. Or or space or anything else. So the time to
0: work on yourself... Is when things are good.
1: Yes, which it sounds crazy, right? Because we think if things are good, then we just sit with that, that things are good. But when things are good, you actually have the ability to explore. Yeah. You actually have the ability to explore and say, you know, am I making the choices that I want to make? Am I complimenting my partner? Am I um, enjoying my day-to-day experiences? Like that's when you have the opportunity, and a lot of people don't want to look look at that though. Right? They're too
0: busy thinking. You know, I mean, there was a part of me like, this is stupid. I don't need a coach. We don't need parent coaching or or marriage coaching or anything like that because everything is really fine. And it took that statement from Linda Mm -hmm. saying. There's going to be a time when you get frustrated at your wife. Right. There's going to be a time where there's illness in your family or there's death in your family. And all of a sudden, things aren't so hunky-dory.
1: They're chaotic.
0: And then all of a sudden, you have nothing to pull from. Right. So the time to... Get support and to dig deep and to look inward and to become aware is when things are good because mm-hmm. when you're in the middle of crisis
1: or when things are calm, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's
0: uh, that's a key point that I will. I'll, I remember exactly where I was in her house when I asked that me question, too. and I've,
1: it's ingrained in my brain too. She
0: threw it right back at me and challenged me. I mean, most of the time when. Our coach would leave the house, I'd be pissed off.
1: Yeah, but that that was kind of the point, is yeah. to challenge our thinking. And I think that's the thing, you know, that gets in the way is we often think, you know, I know what's best for me, which of course you know what's best for you, but people are unwilling to hear criticism. criticism. And that's really why we're doing the show about criticism, yeah. is, is we're not trying to. You know, you know, yell back and say no, you can't criticize us. We're hearing it, and mm-hmm. we're saying, okay, well, here's where we're coming from, and here's what we're thinking. Well,
0: and hopefully through um, our discussion, I hope the last thing I want to do is have everybody in Radio Land listening to this agree with everything we say. Right. I hope that we strike nerves and say those two are crazy, and this is why. Right, and that way they can be, maybe they can talk to their significant other saying.
1: I don't agree with this. I don't agree with do these you? guys. Yeah. And
0: then all of a sudden they're make they're they're making introspective questions and they're questioning themselves and they're questioning each other. And God bless you, if if you think that we are hundred percent wrong, odds are that might spur some growth too.
1: That's a conversation starter. Right. You know? It's yeah, a I've place always to said go. that
0: one of the what I want to do with the show is facilitate conversations between uh, significant others in a family that otherwise well, may not happen. Happened. That's, yeah, exactly. that, that's kind of my and, one. And
1: bringing, I think another thing that I want to do is bring people back into the awareness that relationships are the most important part of your life. Because I think we are at a point in our um, world, in our history, whatever you want to say, that people are losing track of that. Um, I think there's a lot of focus on what we have, who we are, what our status is, fame, um, you know, money and people are losing track of the only thing that's important are relationships and when I say relationships I mean with your kids and your significant other but more specifically your relationship with yourself mm-hmm. who are you and what are you doing because there's so many people who make these choices you know politicians people in the media um, people uh, you know people in entertainment world they make these choices that are so awful, you and, know, and they do it because they're not conscious of who they are. They are living life unconsciously.
0: And I don't know if I'll be able to describe this, but we've had conversations similar to that. And and you have said, and I agree with, most of the problems that people have, it's a derivative at some point in their childhood where they were not able to feel their feelings. Right. Right. Now, I don't remember why I agreed with you, but can you talk a little bit about yeah. that?
1: Well, basically, and this is – I'm putting my therapist hat on for a second. Professionally, I can say that most addictions, maybe all addictions, but I don't like to be too, you know – Broad. Broad yeah. and definitive about it, um, you know, are based on the fact that they come about because people are un- Aware of their feelings. Not only do they not feel them, they don't even know how to describe them. They don't even have language for them. And so these feelings get built up in their bodies, and they're so painful. And so they end up using something addictive, if it be alcohol or drugs or food or shopping mm-hmm. or sex or whatever it may be, um, and to hide and cover up and numb all these things that they're feeling, and they don't know how to experience life without those addictions. And now, of course, I know people will say, no, it's genetic. It's in my family. It's, you know, uh, that is all true, too. I'm not saying it's one or the other. It's both. But we may have more of a predisposition, is what what I'm saying, you know, depending on where we come from. But the truth is, is that most of the addiction, workaholics, too, it's covering up, okay, I'm having uncomfortable feelings or this is uncomfortable. I don't want to look at that. I'm going to work more. Mm. I'm going to have a drink. Oh, that's too uncomfortable. And I even say this to you. I'm so aware of this with myself where I'll say, be so frustrated and I'll say, I am going to emotionally eat right now. Right, but you Watch me do it. Yeah, that's And I difference. go to the freezer and get a piece of chocolate or, you know, say, let's go to Portillo's <laughs> or something, you know. I, and I say that out loud because I want to be clear about my feelings. I am struggling right now. I am having a hard time. And what I want to do is eat or drink or whatever it may be. But a lot of people just – it's in, un- accepted as norm.
0: Well, uh, I think a lot of people, including us, I mean we, we, we fall down too and oh, sure. make our mistakes. But I think a lot of people – Will be unconscious while they're eating their cheeseburger and fries and chocolate and, and milkshakes and meals, and they don't even know else. why
1: they're doing it. They have
0: no idea. So, what you in your example, you are at least admitting to yourself, and you even have to admit it out loud. You need to say to me,
1: "That's I'm an extra am, to processor." Yeah, <laughs> I am
0: eating emotionally, and that kind of dissipates the fact that you're doing something for maybe the wrong reason. well and
1: usually what i say is i'm emotionally eating right now because mm-hmm. and i tell you what i'm frustrated about right so sometimes you know i mean the eating may only need one chocolate because then i say what i'm uncomfortable with right. most of the time we're just trying to stuff it back in right or we're trying to have a drink and so we numb out and mm-hmm. forget about whatever we're dealing with and that is That becomes, obviously, habitual. That's what, you know, addiction is. And then we end up living our life that way where we never experience what we're feeling. Mm -hmm. And so, again, that is the definition of living life unconsciously. So like you said, sometimes to live life consciously, to be more aware of who we are and to take responsibility means we have to feel things that are uncomfortable. And that's not fun. I mean, like we were talking about – well, we talk about this every week about feelings – You know, I don't love getting sad or being in pain or feeling angry, but I think the reason that I'm more willing to do it is I know if I can get through it and release it, I will be better off. I will be clearer. I will be cleaner. Um, Well,
0: like, um, you know, there's that book, uh, The Embrace Your Shadow.
1: Yes. And
0: shadow is just another word for For the
1: shadow effect. The shadow effect, you're right. And, and,
0: And the main thing that I got out of that book is you need to embrace your negative feelings. Right. And what I do actually more more often than not is I shun them. I pretend that they're not there. But there are times, there are enlightened moments in my life where I'm like, okay, I am feeling frustrated because of this and I will admit it to myself and I will feel better so much quicker if I just at least admit, hey, I'm frustrated right. or, hey, I'm angry or even sickness. Hey, I'm feeling like, I got the flu. it. You know, you could break it down even being sick. You, there's been times where I'm like, oh, I'm not sick, and right. I am sick. <laughs> and it's oh, just, I never do that. Yeah, and it happens so much quicker. But <laughs> to try to bring time. this full circle, we started the show talking about our daughter Cameron and how we allowed her to suffer or struggle. Have, struggle or whatever, and she felt those feelings. Right. Instead of us eliminate that as a possibility – we created that space for her to feel those feelings so she can grow from that experience.
1: And when she gets older, she won't deny that those feelings are there because that's what we do as adults. We deny it. like people who say, "Oh, I'm an eternal optimist, I'm always optimist, I'm always you know, I'm always optimistic, I'm always happy, I never get sad." Well, that may look good in a society in like what am I trying to say, in society, mm-hmm. like, oh, that person's always happy. But the truth is we all have uh, negative are feelings beings, sometimes. Right? We're human beings. And if we don't have those feelings, then we're, we're probably denying whatever, you know, whatever is happening inside of us because we have them. And I think that's the thing. It's it's funny just to – we can finish on this note. Another comment that we've gotten or criticism is, oh, you guys are too happy or mm-hmm. you guys are too optimistic.
0: Or it's, or you guys make it look you way look too, it too easy. Too
1: easy. And the truth is is we're doing a 30-minute show. You guys are getting 30 minutes of us. Todd and I have a full range of, you know, emotions we and str- life.
0: And, and we struggle and I we – I don't want to say we argue because arguing is like raising your voice. Well, but we challenge each we other. We challenge each other, and um, there are times when we're then that we're we're stuck and we don't know how to really? get out of it.
1: And we we but the goal is like our deal is you know our teamwork thing is we will work through it, mm-hmm. process it, talk about it, say it out loud. Um, you know, go to your friends if you need to get some advice. Go to a coach. Do therapy work through it don't live in denial and become who you are did i just say like 10 things to do in a row Mm
0: -hmm. um but
1: all of them are you know they're important well and
0: create the space for your significant other to you know let let the process kind of organically evolve and respect
1: who they are and respect who you are
0: that's right so that's a good way to uh finish it up all Um,
1: right so just a few things a few thoughts um uh my book Self-Aware Parent, um, find it at com. You can also find it at Amazon, and Amazon just put it on sale. Did I tell you that? It's now 13 Oh, really? Yeah. They decided to, to Yeah, to Amazon makes that decision. It's not my decision. So, you know, it's on sale on Amazon. I thought that was pretty cool. And it's also in Kindle edition if you'd like that. Um, if you're interested in any kind of presentation, please get a hold of me through my website, KathyKasaniAdams.com. I'd love to come speak to your group or your school or whatever it may be. And um,
0: and I'll tell you a crazy thing. What? Um, I looked on iTunes under the Kids and Family category and we were the second. We were second. And I don't really know what that means, but we were, you know, they I, I, maybe it's by the number of downloads. I don't know how they measure it, but we used to be way down on the list. There's like 100 of them or whatever, and we've escalated all the way up to second. Now we've since came back down just because we do it once a week. But and
1: that day must have been a good day for us. Absolutely. So thank you for downloading on iTunes.
0: Absolutely. So thank you for that. And then uh, what else do I have for um, you? Avid. Avid Company. They do painting and remodeling all over the Chicagoland area, and they are very good at what they do. Tell them Zen Parenting sent you. Give them a call, 630-956-1800, and uh, they will be able to help you out. You can also reach them uh, on our website at zenparentingradio.com. So. Uh, This is Todd Adams saying, and Doctor.
1: And this is Kathy Adams. Have a wonderful week.
0: Have a good one. We'll see you next week.